Welcome to the Art of the Dive. I'm back with Nick. It's another pod uh, this early Thursday morning, or for me, late Thursday morning, depending on how you look at it. Uh, how are you doing, Nick? I'm I'm doing good. I wanna I wanna clear the air right away. I'm just curious, Jake. Uh, how many mistakes do you think you'll make on this podcast this morning? Probably at least twenty is my goal. I'm really big on like even numbers, so that's what I'm gonna shoot. Okay, for. yeah, that sounds good. So Jake's mistakes are back, right? Is that like the the, yeah. the never-ending theme of us podcasting together? Yeah, I think so. You know, cat feeders, construction, things not plugged in correctly, all all the things. Eating on the pod, we'll bring it all back, and we'll bring back some FPL mistakes too, because that's I'm sure that's bound to happen. So yeah, yeah, that should be good. That's good. I think people enjoy that. So, last pod, Jake didn't have his headphones properly plugged in, so uh, he recorded himself on speakerphone with me, and uh, it really messed up the audio, made my job of editing the audio uh, really difficult. And then, Jake, tell everyone what you did after I completely edited out all the background noise and fixed the whole thing. What did you do then? I made sure to upload the one that you didn't edit to soundcloud so everybody got that one too so it was perfect yeah that was two great. mistakes even that's why i said even mistakes i didn't want to make one i wanted to make two so that's a great way to start the season is that yeah is that like your plan is like all you're going to do in terms of jake's mistakes is just gonna be like pod related not fbl team related yeah. or do you think you're gonna mess that up too eventually technology i mean it's definitely gonna be both eventually Maybe like week two, again, you know, even numbers. No, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I shouldn't make excuses. Nights, nights do really mess with your brain, but eh, I just, I gotta be better. I just gotta well, be better. To be fair, you work long hours. You work overnights. You're basically doing this at the end of like a an excruciating shift of emergency veterinarian care. So like, you get a pass for that. I just think it's funny, and I think people find it highly entertaining um, that that's, like, a, a common theme. So, like, in past seasons, Jake thought he was on a wild card, ended up taking a minus 80 for all the players that he was moving in and out, forgot to press the wild card button. Uh, yeah. That um, made it all the way up to Jules Breach. You remember that? Jules Breach yeah. tweeted about it. I still have some of that stuff in there. I still have my email that I sent to them and politely asked, hey, can you just retroactively do the wild card? And they're like, no. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. Uh, so a, a lot in store, right, with uh, Jake's yeah. mistakes this season. There's, you got big shoes to fill. Yeah, big shoes to fill. Speaking of shoes to fill, uh, we're still missing Marco. He has a busy day today, so it's understandable. But I think, you know, Marco did create a team, so I think we got him back. He's back. Uh, but Bobby Love did want to ask, uh, did he bully Marco off the pod? Uh, Pav also asked, where is Marco these days? Who knows? Who knows to both of those questions? Uh, I'm hoping not. I'm hoping that he comes back. But he, you know, he could be long gone in, in you know, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, chopping wood. Yeah. Well, the so. thing is, like, he and Jim are now coaching together. Um, mm-hmm. 
and so they they coach a team in the fall uh, a football team a soccer team not american football but real football uh so their time is very limited in the next few months here basically starting from august and going through the end of october so jake and i are trying to hold the pod down but we uh, we we realize that you know marco is the star of the show the the sexy it's what voice. The people want yeah exactly so like we're doing our best to, to keep things going and hopefully yeah. we can convince marco to come back once his busy season is over but um yeah. he might we'll, guest he might guest pod here and there too we'll see yeah yeah we'll oh yeah for sure we'll get we'll get him back we'll we'll convince him after the season's done that he he needs to spend his time with his friends and doing uh fantasy stuff yeah one step at a time we got him to make a team because he said he wasn't even going to play fpl maybe so we we already checked that off the list you just got to go in steps um bobby speaking of bobby love he had a couple other questions which you might have to explain to me uh not this one he wants he wants me to play him 1v1 in cod uh probably not going to happen bobby you're probably better i'm not very good at that game so i've never really understood the 1v1 thing though but yeah sure okay we can figure it out uh i think and then the scum- he, he's talking about uh like not the Warzone version right like the the cod like call of duty where you around like a contained map you know what i'm talking about oh okay i i see what you're saying yeah that makes sense yeah maybe someday we'll see what what is the scunthrope or barcelona thing what 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 is that i don't know bobby love made a big stink in the discord about us not answering his questions and then he had questions like scunthorpe or barcelona so i i threw him in because he made such a big stink yeah. about us not paying attention to him and then he asked <laughs> silly little questions like that we don't even understand. But I, I'm going to go oh. with Scunthorpe on this one. Nice. I'll go with Barcelona because I've been yeah. there and I haven't been to Scunthorpe. But I don't know the question, so it makes sense. Um, and then who chose the new theme music? That's Nick. And again, credits to that editing. It was very good. So at least at least we're uh, You like again, the new music? Making... I'm, yeah, I'm I messing like around with it. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's so really Marco good. So has, Marco, uh, he has the audio files for the original music. And uh, I've just never asked him for it kind of being lazy i guess and uh i was like well we need some intro music so i've been toying around uh the the i didn't write any of this stuff it's all just preloaded from garage band but you know i'll take credit for it yeah nice um and speaking of new and improved and working on these things uh we did get the leagues back up so Website's coming out later today. I'll make some announcements on Twitter on that. Um, the free league or is League Dive. I honestly thought Marco was messing with me when he sent this code because it doesn't have numbers, and I've always thought they had numbers, but apparently not. It is S-M-A-E-R-I. I was looking to make sure it wasn't a J. So, yes, S-M-A-E-R-I. Yeah, free league league dive i think we've had over 500 members hopefully we have a lot um yeah i've never been close i know marco's been in the top 10 a few times um it's a really solid league a lot of people yeah. have joined and like they're not part of the discord or anything or the community they just join because they're exceptionally good at fpl and then they crush everyone is there a yeah. prize for winning league dive jake yeah, so we're going to do a hoodie. Um, if you want a t-shirt, that's fair, but the hoodie's a little bit nicer. I mean, they're both nice, but yeah, let me know um, when you beat me. 
Um, hopefully Marco wins, I guess. So we can just like, you know, keep it cheaper. Keep it in the family. Yeah. Keep it in the fam or you. I know I'm not going to, so that's written off. But yeah, so we'll do that. Um, and maybe even we did do some merch like athletic bags and water bottles. So we might even come up with some prizes for like top three, I think probably since that's a bigger league. If you do support us, which we appreciate, um, Again, it's pretty expensive running a podcast, you know, technical technology things. Jake's got to take courses on how to plug his phone in. That is just running up a large bill for us right now. Yeah, Geek Squad, um, all that stuff. And then basically, we also like to buy fast cars, luxurious like islands, things like that, which all of that's super nice headphones that. that plug directly into our phones instead of connect wirelessly. Yeah, stuff like that, too. Um, but support us. There's a couple options. If you do support us, you'll be able to join the PSL Super League. Always a really fun league. We definitely have really competitive people in that league as well. It's always good. And we can get you the code. Um, I will get updated when you join. And we'll get that website out today. So you can join later today once this pod is uploaded. And then the other league that we do is a head-to-head league. So if you do support our Patreon, you could join the head-to-head league probably next year. But definitely something to consider. I like the head-to-head league because you can have a terrible game week, which I often do. Jake's mistakes. And you can still <laughs> win, though. You know, like, I had some, like, 40-pointers. Yeah. And if your your other, like, opponent had a terrible game week, too, you're like, great. I still won something this week. So it's not a complete loss. Yeah, the trash talk in the Discord is great, too. It's it's always fun to just, yeah. like, especially when you beat Bobby Love, it's just, you know, get to, to talk a lot of trash to him. It's pretty competitive, pretty good at FPL, but every yeah, every, but he's fun to talk every trash, few weeks yeah. he, he, he drops off, you know? Yeah, I, I like that. And the Discord's cool. Uh, lets you do the, the Hive team as well, which, you know, we're currently building, which is the Hive mine like we talked about. But if you didn't get our other pod, it basically is you vote on all the players, the main votes votes win. We kind of, like, do one final roundup before FPL starts in case, like, your favorite forward, like Jesus, gets injured, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And then... You know, that team honestly does very, very well every year. So it's pretty fun. Um, you get to vote on transfers, who to captain, all that stuff. And that's going to be headed up by Wilson this year. She does a really good job. It's it's really good time. So, yeah, uh, I think you had some questions for us, like getting a little bit back to FPL, some, some questions that you wanted to go over. Yeah, I think I wanted to do a little rapid-fire round of questions for you, Jake. Um, okay. Before we get into that, I know that – I, we don't really have this kind of built into our sheet here, but are there any recent changes or injuries that you wanted to talk about? Like there's been some kind of developing stuff in the last day or two that um, we should probably talk sure. about, right? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I guess I'm, I'll take the Jesus injury. It sounds like he had a little bit of knee surgery, which I always think it's funny when they, when they say stuff like that. And like, I get it. It's not like his ACL just got repaired. Um, but he's definitely going to be out a while. So, so he had surgery? Yeah, he had surgery on the knee, like a cleanup procedure. Okay. I mean, to me, they're not – I don't think they fully disclose, like, how many weeks they're out. And I always think that's really funny because, like, in America with football, way different. Like, you seem to know that right away for the most part. But yeah. I, I feel like it's going to be, like, at least a month. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound I, good. I, I didn't realize I, it was surgery related. I mean, like, they yeah. can do a scope, right? And they can, like, yeah, go that's what I'm minimally assuming. invasive. But still, it's like, it, that's not insignificant to have, have that procedure happen. So, like, I would think at least a month. And then you're talking about, you know, he's probably not going to be fit by the end of that mm-hmm. month. But I don't know. Well, I was thinking like a month into FPL at least because we have two weeks to go. So that's like six weeks. I feel like it's got to at least be six to eight weeks. So, you know, to me, I was thinking Trossard is an interesting option. I was really strongly considering him to begin with because his price is only seven. And he ended up with like 154 points last year, deputized when Jesus was out. Obviously, there's a lot of talk that Havertz can do it. And Nikedia as well. That would be the other option. It might be a wait and see, but I really like Trossard because I feel like he's going to get more playing time with Jesus being out, and he just looks good in preseason. He can play the left wing role. He can play the attacking role. I don't think Havertz is going to play that. I I really don't, so I think it's going to be Nketiah or Trossard. We'll see. Okay, and you don't don't have anything to say about Martinelli or Odegaard with the Jesus injury like do they step up then because I know last season when Jesus was injured those are kind of the two guys that um maybe got the nod right they got to go forward a little bit more they had more attacking yeah and that's the thing that's a little bit tricky is I do feel like Martinelli was much different without Jesus and seemed to be a little bit better so I mean that would probably be the safest play I I get that Uh, but he's eight mil so it depends kind of how you're building your team Um, Odegaard, I don't know. I would have to research that if his stats significantly improve with Jesus out. Odegaard seemed to get like a lot of double return games. So it really kind of exploded when he got returns. It wasn't like he ticked along as much where I feel like Sokka and Martinelli were like, they ticked along, but that could just be recency bias in my mind. We'll see. I just think Nketi is an interesting choice at five, five and Trossard seven so it's a cheaper way into the arsenal lineup That's true. and yeah you know the question is is and i've been looking at this a lot do you really only leave like 4.5s and fours on your bench to start the season and hope there's no rotation i think it depends who you go with but i'm kind of leaning toward that so maybe Trossard isn't a great option and spend the extra mill for martinelli if you can afford it all right well Hopefully, hopefully you're exactly right, and then we can just come back yeah. in like a month, and it'll be like, yeah, I told you so, told you so, yeah, everyone. We'll I know uh, all the Arsenal stuff. And then you had a Liverpool guy get injured, uh, McAllister. It doesn't sound super serious, so probably not super big news, but we'll monitor. And then Nakunku, that sounds like a little bit more serious. He hurt his knee as well, but we don't really know what like to what extent yeah the interesting thing about that that i was reading is potch did say that team that he rolled out was like his starting team um did he play nkunku and jackson together like to a pair paired striker system so i think well i gotta double check exactly so don't quote me on this because i was literally reading on my drive home and trying not to crash which probably is not safe i think nkunku was actually playing on the wing and Mudrik came in for him, but I, I'm not 100% sure. But Jackson was up top, so Nakunku was either in the 10 or on the wing. And he played Chilwell and James, which is like the first time he's done that, I think, in preseason. That's really big for me. 
I th- oh, man, I, that's I think I'm going to start with one of those guys on my team, and actually, Chilwell's been more advanced, so I'm going to lean toward Chilwell. Yeah, I just don't think Kukurea is really going to replace him. I mean, he might play once in a while for him, but I I'm interested in Chilwell, and James always burns me. Like, yes, Chilwell gets injured too, but James always gets injured. It, yeah. It's just inevitable. He's very fragile. Um, yeah, I I'm feeling the same way. Like, I really want one of those two outside back players, like. Chilwell or James I was leaning towards Chilwell as well just based on the preseason performances and like he's on corners on I I saw him take a corner on the opposite side of the pitch so like I'm thinking he'll be on corners and Mm -hmm. and you're right he was like pretty attacking in some of the the positioning that he was in so he's very dangerous um are you worried about rotation at all I mean you mentioned Cucurella but is there anyone else that would like challenge for those positions I don't really see it. I, I mean, that's what I think is his only rotation. So, I mean, Poch does do that a little bit. Like, I feel like he would put Ben Davies in occasionally, and I forget on the right, it was usually Serge, Aurier, and Regulon, and then Sassignan when he wasn't injured, but he was always injured. So, like, but I feel like Poch would do it, like, every five or six games. So it wasn't, like, a huge deal. Okay. And I don't think he's going to do it for the first start of the week and Chelsea have such good fixtures. I think the big question, which I'm... I honestly am hoping his numbers don't go up in ownership, but I I really want to start with Jackson at seven. He just passes the eye test for me. Um, You know, he didn't score in this Dortmund game, but he he missed a really easy chance. But he's not only able to break the line with over-the-top balls, which is how he should have scored yesterday, but he's also really good with the ball at his feet. think he's had like something like yeah. three goals and two assists in preseason and he just he's playing all the time and i i don't hate it i, I just don't hate it so yeah yeah i'm on the jackson train right now i've i've been tinkering too much with my team at this point so i have like a really weird set of guys yeah. that i'm kind of like why how did that guy end up in my team like maddie yeah. cash like i have maddie cash yeah. in my lineup right now and like how did that happen but here we are. You I mean, know? Is, is there anyone that you're like, like, I think Matty Cash is a concern. I see it. But the thing that worries me about that is that I've been kind of looking at because Villa does interest me some. He's been rotating and playing like all center backs. So that's what worries me is if Matty Cash is just going to be replaced by a center back some yeah. games then I'm not as interested. But otherwise, I mean, I get the Villa defense shout. They have pretty good fixtures, and they were pretty good defensively last year. Well, I had I had uh, Pau, Pau Torres in my team mm-hmm. for a little bit, and I sent it over to Jim, and he's like, why would you go with Pau Torres? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I don't know if it makes sense. I think I watched some highlights, and Torres plays some, some really nice long balls from the center back position. So I was like, oh, he could you know they could keep some cleans he could get some potential assists um i think i'm reaching at this point you know like i'm trying to find that 4.5 defender who's gonna be exceptionally good and Mm -hmm. i don't know that there there is one i think there's the pricing this year is just like there aren't a lot of budget options that you're not making major sacrifices or taking big risks so that's where i'm at with uh the my my thinking there but um yeah, do you, should we do a quick run-through? I think we covered the main injuries, right? It was just McAllister and Kunku and uh, Jesus at this point that are kind of the concerns yeah. FPL-wise. 
Yeah, we covered that. So yeah, we can do a run through, and I will do a pod on like budget options closer to the time of season, and and we'll go over like we're definitely gonna for on our website after the season starts pull up our actual teams, and if you're part of the Patreon or have been part of the Patreon, um, we can definitely send you our team reveals a little bit early, which is kind of nice, so everyone can kind of take a look and see what we're doing. Yeah, and then Blitz. you know we have all yeah. the insider information. Uh, Jake is connected to several club insiders, so we know when players are going to be starting before you will find out through your, you know, the Twitter feed or whatever it might be. Jake has yeah. guys who live in the locker rooms of several of the the top clubs, uh, just yeah, hide just in, like in just lockers, hide in yeah. like the the garbage cans or whatever, and just peek out every now and again. Is that right, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely do. You know, it's it's just a thing that I have, so it's it's good to know. Um, Very well connected and, to the garbage can crew. Yeah, the garbage can community. <laughs> yeah, what's the what's the run through that you want to do? It sounds like some rapid fire questions for us. Um. Yeah, let's go through and do some rapid-fire questions. So these are just like some questions, uh, almost like superlatives, like the biggest of the best of the worst of the season. So I, I just want to get your take uh, at this point. You know, things could change because we're eight days away from the season starting. So, you know, at this point in time, August 3rd, uh, who is your biggest question mark? What player, or I guess what situation in a team is your mm. biggest question mark going into game week one? So it could be a player or like a team situation. Okay. I think my biggest question mark is Liverpool rotation. And I mean, are they splitting like Gakpo and Nunez time, you know, is Diaz going to be cuz I I like if Diaz is playing more like 70 80 minutes a game, I think he'd be straight in my team right now. Their offense has just been clicking, but I just don't know cuz they have Jota, they have Diaz, they have Nunez, they have Gakpo. But I really There's like the Liverpool there. offense. Yeah, and just yeah. Salah's so expensive, but I have been putting him in more drafts of late and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. So I that's my question. I'll stick to that. What about you? Honestly, that's like a big question mark for me is the Liverpool rotation because I've toyed with putting Darwin into my team, but then like Gakpo mm-hmm. has performed. And I know like starting lineups within preseason games aren't that telling um, un- unless the manager comes out and says like, this is how I want to line up in the season. I don't <laughs> yeah. think they, they usually do that because they kind of want to, you know, use that as a strategy. So that's a big question for me. I I also have like a question mark about Brighton, which is kind of like a more minor question because it like I said on a previous pod, like I don't feel like Brighton is going to be as good as they were last season in terms mm-hmm. of FPL. So the question though is like which of those budget options is going to get the majority of the playing time, especially early in the season. So they just loaned out uh Dennis Undav uh, yeah. So there's like a little less congestion at the striker position, but there's still like <laughs> yeah. three guys who could potentially start who are between like 5.5 and 6. And I really want to yeah. know like who's going to get the time and who's going to play well. I'm going to make my best guess for my garbage can community. I think I think he's going to continue to rotate forwards. Like Ferguson, Welbeck are going to switch a lot. Pe- uh, Pedro is probably going to switch a lot. 
I don't think Pedro's just going to play the 10 all the time, although I would love for that because he'd be straight in my team. So I agree with you. The rotation's questionable, and like every day I think about that bet that we made, I'm like kind of more and more worried oh, yeah. about it. I'm honestly thinking Estupion's going to be the guy for me. Like If Estupion can do it, that's going to be the top 10 guy. Because, I mean, they play Luton. You know, that was the other thing. I was like, how do I just like not do a Stupion, but like Luton right off the bat. And then I forget their other two fixtures, but they're so good. I'm like, even if it's for three games, he's in my team. But yeah, I, I'm worried. And I think one of them's going to make sense. But that's what always trips me up in the beginning of the season is having the wrong like 6.5 guy from, from the team that does well. And, you know, like if I go March, it's going to be Matoma. If I go Matoma, it's going to be in CISO. Yeah, I am just kind of thinking maybe they're a stay away for me, but we'll see. That's, I feel like that's a fair question, though. So I'm curious for those who are listening, if Luton is the the correct pronunciation for, for that club. So Am I off? Is it not? I, Do you I know think it's it Lutton. Oh, that's hilarious. But I like Luton. It sounds much more Scandinavian. So maybe like they're flying over from like Norway to play these games on the weekends or something. Luton Town, yeah. Luton Town. I feel like Lutton doesn't make sense because it sounds like mutton and there should be two T's. But that's just American, you know, America's at its core. Well, we'll let our listeners correct us on the uh, proper pronunciation of Luton or Lutton. And then we can oh. uh, butcher yeah. it for the rest of the season. <laughs> Jake's mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of mistakes, who's going to be the biggest flop of the season? On my team or just in general? I think FPL flop. So like someone who is highly valued, highly selected, and the teams could be a high-priced player or a budget player. But um, just kind of right. curious, like who's who's extremely highly owned or highly sought after and is just probably not going to perform in your mind you i want you to go first and i'll go second i need a second to look at highly owned okay um so my uh, going back to the brighton thing my thinking is that um estupion is going to be uh, a flop this season i think he uh for me he's way too hyped up right now he's the the top owned defender owned by more than 50 percent of players in the league and i don't think he's a bad player i think that based on uh just the situation of them losing players and having a lot of young guys in the team that they're not going to perform to the same level that they did last season um so that's my thinking i could be way off i mean i'm i've owned the fact that i'm not very good at fpl and i do most of my decision making based on the eye test but um that was my first thought in in terms of estupinian is is way too hyped up way too highly owned um to be kind of to to live up to to the hype that he has right now all right that's fair i'm gonna go this is this is kind of i'm kind of frustrated at myself for this because I kind of wanted to go to a defender as well, but I'm going to throw one midfielder in there. I'm going to do two, but I'm going to say Shaw. Like, I don't really get the high ownership for Shaw. I've been really considering Onana. And he's okay. 0.5 less, and I feel like he's more likely to get bonus points. 
and you're paying less for him. And like Shop played in like 30 games last year. And he had four assists and 20 bonus points. And he still somehow only had like 124 points. And you're paying five and a half for him. Like, give me Chilwell and James. Like, they've had better seasons. Yeah. Shaw just, I just don't see it at that price. I, I don't think he's like a terrible pick to start the year. I just don't think he's going to be that great. I don't think he has good upside, I guess is what okay. I would say. My honorable um, mentions for this one, yeah. I would say Rashford, and then um, I mean Jesus is injured now, so that kind of changes things. But before yeah. the injury, I was thinking Rashford and Jesus were were guys that I think are highly owned, maybe very hyped up, a um, lot of excitement. Um, but I, I just uh, I think there's going to be a little regression, and now that's kind of null and void with the injury to Jesus already out of the gate. But yeah. that was the other thoughts that I had. That's fair. I am going to honorably mention Embuemo because I feel like I can almost guarantee that he's going to start the season slow and get dropped by a bazillion people. And then he'll fi- he'll finally like figure it out and tick along, but I don't think people are really considering the fact that Tony's gone and what that's going to do. I just yeah. don't think he should be 20% owned. In fact, we didn't really get to talk about this, but we talked a little bit about Villa. Like, I'd rather start with Diaby. I, I don't really care. I mean, like, his fixtures aren't amazing to start the season, but Liverpool have been giving up a lot of goals. I, I just – he has Everton, Burnley, Crystal Palace. I'm in. I don't care. Yeah. Like Very exciting uh, player do, and good lineup or good matchups. Yeah, and he might play out of position. So I, I like that more. And I, I guess I get it. Mbuemo might play out of position, but I think Wissa is going to play up top. So I think yeah. is just going to play the right side. Yeah, I think Mbuemo, he's on PKs, which is you know, enticing for people. And then um, I think he has very good underlying stats. And one season I feel like he hit the post like five times <laughs> in like the, the first ten game weeks or something like that. So yeah. he's he is another one of those players who kind of plays out of position. Like he's listed as a mid, but gets forward quite a bit. But I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. I think he is also very hyped up, and he could have a slow start and then get dropped, and then you're losing value in your team, and you can't even get back to the like the six point five range guys once he drops in value. Um, yeah, he's just one of those guys that ticks along too. So like, if you're gonna hold him, you're gonna have to hold him. So we yeah. go, go for it. But I wouldn't move off of him if he blanks the first two game weeks because then he could get a PK and an assist in the next one. I don't know. Okay, next question is who is your dark horse or undervalued guy? So someone that uh, people aren't really talking about, um, maybe has pretty low ownership and you think is going to uh, blast off the season. All right. I kind of said Diaby, so I'll stay away from him. I think Diaz is a smart player to start the season with his low ownership. I could be completely wrong, but I don't really see... Diaz is in Liverpool Diaz? Liverpool Diaz, yeah, sorry. Not defensive Diaz. So I think Luis, Luis Diaz for Liverpool is kind of a smart play. He just... He tends to have pretty good underlying numbers for the limited of limited of time that he is on the field, and I I like him in that role. And Salah's getting a lot of assists, and I just feel like he's gonna 
He's going to start the season good. I, I like him to start the season. Okay. That's a good shout. Uh, I honestly hadn't given enough thought. <laughs> I put these questions okay. together for you, and I hadn't really given a lot of thought to like what my answers would be. Um, but someone that I'm very curious about, and like this may be stupid, but um, the uh, let's see. So, like, at the forward position, there's not a lot of budget options. But I'm I'm looking at Julian Alvarez from Man City. Yeah. So, like, owned by 2.9% of teams, he... I, it may be stupid. I just think that there's maybe some opportunity there. So, he could have a breakout season um, in that just on that right wing side. He he potentially could play, like, on the right side, right? Like, yeah. Mara's gone. I don't know what the deal is with Bernardo Silva. He's, st- he's still in the squad and there hasn't been as many rumors surrounding his transfer ride. So apparently he really wants to go to Barcelona, but because of the issues with Barcelona, you know, money-wise, they just can't make it happen is what I've heard lately. But I honestly did almost pick Alvarez. Uh, I agree with you. And at 6.5, you know, if you kept him in your team the whole season, I don't think it's terrible. But the problem is... You know, is he coming out? Like, do you start him and then he only comes on for 10 minutes and get a one-pointer? Yeah. That's what's difficult for me. I also don't love the whole De Bruyne situation. He's really cheap, but, like, he's been sitting all these preseason games and he's been on the squad, but he hasn't stepped onto the field. But I'm like, when is he going to be back? Yeah. I, I just, God, Pep always, it just is always really scary for me. And, I don't even know if I want to stick with Foden. Foden's in my initial team reveal. Yeah, I think I, I had him in I that like it, but... team reveal, but I dropped him at this point um, to kind of make room for some different options. But, like, it's still going to be Pep Roulette, even with the players who have vacated those mm-hmm. positions, and they haven't... I don't know that they've signed anyone um, in terms of, like, replacing those players, but still there's those big question marks and maybe that's another question mark i guess it's always a question mark but the pep roulette thing is is always at the back of my mind like who's gonna play who's gonna get into those attacking roles and who's gonna get rotated and i think holland is the only player on that team who will just start every single game week and it is concerning with kdb if he's not ready to go that that could impact other players around him so um yeah. yeah, and I mean that's the thing about Foden that people keep saying is is like, well, he'll play the uh, Ilkay role, but if De Bruyne's back, no, he won't. And that's where it's like I don't know with De Bruyne. I mean, obviously, if he gets no minutes in preseason, he's probably out for like a game or two. But De Bruyne just all of a sudden will be there. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Pep doesn't seem to feel like he needs like to play a game or like practice for a while to be back in the squad. He's the other like most trusted guy, and I know his minutes will probably be cut this year, but I think. Foden could see himself out for a few weeks if, you know, like you said, Alvarez plays right wing. And by that time, everyone's going to have Alvarez in their team. So it's not going to be much of a differential, but it's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. Something to keep an eye on. All right. Next question here is, would you rather have to sit on Elon Musk's lap for five minutes or eat sushi off of Big Sam's body? Hmm. Sam Allardyce, Big Sam. Yeah, he's, that's he's, chew, he's chewing gum. He's chewing gum while while you have to eat the sushi off of him. Is it good sushi? 
Like, is it, like, from, a, like, a nice sushi restaurant, or are we talking, like, gas station or public sushi? Not that public No, it's, it's that like, bad. it's mid-level, so it's not, like, extremely nice restaurant sushi, but it's not gas station sushi. It's, like, nice, like, medium restaurant sushi that you're like, oh, this is, this is okay. This is pretty good. I, li- I would come okay. back here. Okay. Can it be off anywhere on his body, or are we talking, like, somewhere specific? Well, I think the way that they usually do the sushi on the body it's is like, like it, the... it covers like the, the private areas of the person's body. Oh. Um, hmm. So like I'm not I'm not requiring that, but I think you have to eat all the sushi. So if it ends up being like covering his penis, you're gonna have to eat it off his penis. I mean, you don't eat it off of it. You use chopsticks, right? So like you don't have to okay. touch anything. And they they put right. like lettuce down or something. It's not like he's completely nude and there's just like pieces of sushi all over him it's like they put lettuce on him or like some kind of okay. green or whatever like a tablecloth and then you like you pop it up so there you know it's like completely food safe it's just it's yeah. the effect you I, know okay i think if it's completely food safe i might go sushi at first i was leaning toward elon but food safe i'll i'll do it yeah sushi so would at it least change I'm getting something in return would it change your mind if Elon Musk, you knew he was naked and you had to sit on his lap? Well, that was going to be my next question. You know, like, I was like, is Elon Musk naked? Can I sit on just his knee? But honestly, like, in the second scenario, I at least get, like, decent sushi out of it. So I'm going to go with number two. Oh, I take that back. Okay, it's not food safe. And it's right on his dick. <laughs> All right, then Elon Musk's lap. So. All right, Elon Musk is naked and he has an erection. <laughs> Can I sit on his knee? Uh, no, the knee is not the lap, so you have to have, like, your full body, like, over his lap. I'll take the sushi again. I think we're leaning sushi here. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so that's a great rapid-fire FPL question um, that we got loaded in there. Alright, so getting back to the FPL stuff, I just got one more question, then we can close it out here. But I just want to know who you think is going to have a bounce-back season. So someone who, or even a team, actually. But uh, okay. a team or a player who kind of, uh, you know, was expected to do well last season, didn't live up to the hype, but you think could bounce back or has had a previous FPL season that's been really good, oh. um, but not recently. Gosh, this is this is tricky because, like, Liverpool keep losing, like, pieces that I feel like are kind of important. But I'm going to say Liverpool because, again, I did, like, this little analysis on all of this and... I feel like Liverpool got knocked out. They're not going to have Europe. They're going to be back in the top three. I really, I think it's, I think it's going to be a race between Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool this year. I would, I would take that. I would, I mean, I would gladly take Liverpool to have a bounce back season. Do you? So FPL wise, do you think there are players within the team? Do you think like Virgil is going to have a bounce back season FPL wise? Like, because I don't, I don't I'm think not he so had a great season leaving. last year. Yeah, I'm not so much leaning their defense as much as I think they're going to have some good attacking returns. Um, I think the problem is, is they're still going to be able to spread it out a lot. So, I, I, again, Diaz interests me, but I, I don't – player-wise, I think Maddo surprises people this season. I, I It's hard because he – had an okay season at Leicester, but he only put up 135. Like, I think he's going to at least be in the 150, 60 range this season, 
even if Kane leaves, I really do. So he's someone else that I've like been strongly considering on my team. Okay, so we got Maddo and we got uh, just Liverpool in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Okay. Um, I was kind of leaning towards Maddo as well. I I think I'm probably more of the mindset that a lot hinges upon the Kane situation. Like if Kane stays, Maddo could be extremely dangerous and could be back um, to kind of that that performance level that he was at maybe before last season. But okay. he, I mean, from a non-FPL uh, perspective, he is like one of the better players in terms of like chance creation and assists um looking like over the course of multiple seasons even when he was on Mm Leicester so I think um last season was tough because he just wasn't getting the ball and he couldn't be dynamic because the team was so bad but if he's on Spurs who hopefully would be better than a Leicester side that got relegated he's going to get the ball in more of those attacking positions and you know he takes some of that responsibility away from Kane who can just bang goals then so i he's kind of another one of my bounce back players um and i i mean i i should have gone first with this question because um i think liverpool defenders were were some of my bounce back players so like i can't see them sucking as bad as they did last season i mean virgil and robertson ended up in like the top 20 in terms of fpl players but you know, we're used to them being in, like, the top 10 or the top 5 for, for FPL defenders. And um, I'm really hoping, like, Robertson has a bounce-back season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seasons past, he's scored, like, 180 points or 200 points. Uh, last year was 121 points. So I'm, I'm really hoping for a bounce-back there, which would mean that the team is being successful and I'm enjoying watching those games. Um, the one, other player, I have one last question. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. So, so one other bounce back player that I was thinking of was um, Sterling for Chelsea. So I, I have no idea if this is a, a stupid thing to say, but I feel like Sterling could have a great season. Um, there was some rumors that he's like changed some of his off season preparation and his like diet, yeah. and um, he's always been a player who's been ex- extremely like effective for his quickness his agility and his strength and it just doesn't seem like he's had that spark recently so if he can if he can if the changes that he made in the offseason can can result in better performances i think he has a lot of opportunity with chelsea and you know more stable manager situation and then uh, just like they they can't be like as bad as they were last season so I think he has a lot of opportunity there if he can convert his chances. All right. I know you have to go soon, so I'm just going to relate one question back on that. I'm going to look to see if Sterling started this last game with Chelsea real quick. But uh, with regards to – because the Fabinho's out now too, what is a two-parter? If Robinson's – because it sounds like Klopp really wants to play that 3-2-2 um, – Three two two three kind of attacking role, and if Robbo's in the back line, doesn't that worry you because he won't get as many returns? And then who's going to play in the Fabinho role at this point in time? Do you think? That's a good question. I I don't know at this point who's going to replace Fabinho. I know that there's talk of of potentially signing Lavia from Southampton, but the the talks have stalled out a little bit. 
I think mm. Trent could could slot into that position, and he's looked very dangerous last season when he was playing kind of more of a, a center mid. But he wasn't really playing the Fabinho spot. Is kind of like the weird thing. He's he almost like gets further forward than Fabinho would, as that CDM sitting in front of the the center backs. Um, so at this point, I have no idea what's going to happen in the next eight days. Like if they'll sign someone who can play in that position, or if Trent will will take on that role. If if they do transition to that three-back system and, and Rabo's on the outside that does affect his FPL performance or his threat, I guess. But I think he still is on a lot of free kicks. So he, he takes like a lot of the free kicks from the left-hand side um, mm-hmm. and he'll take some corners, I think, with uh, Sobosly in the squad. That'll take some of the, the free kick responsibilities off of Robertson. Um but he's just like a workhorse guy, you know, like he gets up and down the field and yeah. Um, I think that that's you know, I I would hope that he would score more than 120 points even in this kind of this new system. Um and maybe that's like there will be more clean sheets that Liverpool will get versus attacking returns that he'll be a part of, but I think Rabo still has a has that threat. Um Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we got to wrap it up, but I do I do agree with some of that. The only thing I'm going to hard know is I'm staying away from Sterling. I will say, though, he did play 80 minutes in that right wing spot, so maybe that is the preferred starter for Poch there. Nkunku did play on the left. I just wanted to confirm that, too. It was um, that 4.5 guy that played in the number 10 role for Chelsea, which is really interesting. Like, if you're playing the number 10 for Chelsea, or whatever his name is. And, yeah, yeah, the guy you had in your team reveal. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, especially a if the out could for start, a while, like for Chelsea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, do you have anything to add? Otherwise, we can get out of here. Now it's time to wrap it up. All right. Well, I'm Jake, and I'm Nick. <laughs> and remember, you should dive. <laughs>